You are listening to We Woke Up Like This, and I am your host, Joya Sosnowski. I am dedicated to the soul's growth and seeing the higher self embodied, expanded, and expressed in every woman. Hello, beautiful souls. Reverend Joya here to help you live your best vibe. And it is Friday, November 3rd, 2023. And this episode, I want to share about my freedom freedom, I never thought I'd say that word, freedom from my binge eating disorder. I have shared my struggles with binge eating many times on this podcast, and it's been like the one big thing, the one big hurdle that I seemed to not be able to heal or pat or get by or get over or stop doing. And When I went to Ireland, when I went on my sacred journey, my intention for going was to heal my eating disorder. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how, but that was my intention for the journey. And prior to that, prior to the journey, I of course have been doing a ton of work on the healing of my eating disorder. And it was about a year and a half ago Yeah, about a year and a half ago that I heard the message to start singing instead of eating when I'm not hungry, when I'm not physically hungry. And that voice would come in that's like, eat, eat, eat. And I, you know, I was sharing this with somebody the other day who also has battled and won her eating disorder. And she totally related to the feeling of, I said, it's almost like there's this different personality that comes over and takes over and washes over my personality. And like, it literally takes over. And she said, yeah, I felt that too. It's like, I go unconscious and then I wake up in a mess and I've eaten 10,000 calories and what happened? And it's, that's exactly the, the issue, right? Is that there's been this alternate personality, this alter ego, if you will, that I couldn't seem to touch, talk to, heal, transform, change. She was always there and the urge was always eat. So I heard the message about a year and a half ago to, to sing when I'm not physically hungry. And it literally said, you can't sing with your mouth full. So I loved that. I was like, oh, okay, I could do that. So I started doing that practice and sometimes it would work. I would sit down and I would just tone for five minutes. And sometimes I would totally forget all about the eating the binge I was about to go on would just be gone because it's like almost like a wave washing over you, right? So it would just be gone and I'd be like, oh, wow, okay, I feel better now. Now it's a conscious decision. So I started doing that. And the second thing I started doing is I stumbled upon a book uh, in my many, 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 probably 500 books I've read on sound healing and sound. I came upon a woman who wrote a book in the seventies and I think she wrote it in 1971, actually the year I was born about toning. And so I read her book and at the end of the book, she talks about her other books and her programs and things that she had going on in the seventies. And it turned out that she ran an eating disorder recovery group. And I was like, what? So this woman, I'm like, she and I have so much in common, even though she's no longer with us physically on the planet, I feel like she's like a a cosmic soul sister because 
our journeys have been so similar through sound and eating disorders and how to heal them. And so she had another book out called, um, how to win the losing battle. That's the name of her book. Her name is Laurel Elizabeth keys. And so I found this book, I bought it. And she, in this book gives this method called gentle eating. And the whole process is that you don't restrict your eating. You don't save good foods, bad foods, none of that nonsense that people with eating disorders or binge eaters tend to, the more I label food, the more I restrict myself, the more I do it, right? So it's like, she's like, no, we're gonna take all of that off the table. None of that applies. Eat whatever you want. And the whole secret is that you eat really slowly and you only take a fourth of a fork as a bite. And I remember reading many, many years ago something else that was a fourth a fork full. And it might have been like an 1800s, um, oh, what was her name? You know, the uh, etiquette guides from the 1800s. I have, I have a couple of those in my old book collections that I use for collage and arts and things. And But of course, I love reading through it. And I remember it said a fourth a fork full. That way, when somebody speaks to you, your mouth isn't so full that you can't speak back or you can't, you know, put your finger up and you're chomping. No, it's very polite. It's a polite way of eating. And so she calls it gentle eating, the gentle eating method. And the instructions are simple. You just get your plate of food and you take a fourth of fork full and you chew very slowly. So in between bites, while you're chewing, you chew, chew, chew probably 30 times until your food in your mouth is completely liquefied, which we're supposed to do anyway, right? The enzymes in our mouth are the first part of our our digestion process. So the more that we're chewing our food, we're helping our digestion process. And so I've been doing this practice of eating a fourth a fork full, chewing really slowly, setting my fork down between bites, and just practicing this really mindful eating process. And I am actually a mindful eating, (laughs) so embarrassing. I am actually certified in mindful eating because I did the certification in order to um, help myself, right? Like when I do something, I have to do it all the way. I'm like, oh, if I'm gonna do this, then I may as well get certified in it. Because when I'm better, I can help other people. Well, I got certified and I didn't, get better. So obviously I never worked, worked in that field, but I am certified in mindful eating. And it's really about bringing your attention, your awareness, and your senses to the present moment and what you're eating. And with a Laurel Elizabeth keys, it's also eating very slowly and taking very small bites and really savoring and enjoying the food. So in the binge eating process, so much of the energy of the binge was the shame of it, almost like a self-punishing, a self-escaping aspect of it for me. And I'm only speaking for myself here. Enjoy the show.
so in eating and savoring and, and just loving a cookie or loving a little piece of cake, I found great joy in eating, a great joy in eating and taking away the shame of it. So this has been a very long process for me. So then in Ireland, right? So I've been doing this work over the last couple of years, those two things, the last year and a half, really. And in Ireland then, I asked the land because I, I, you know, and I've never had this experience of the land being the healer, the earth being the healer. And I was really super open and willing to that when I was in Ireland. And so I asked the land, please help me to heal this. Please help me to transmute this energy, to let this go. I'm ready to let this go. And so in this particular experience I had, I've directly followed these deeply intuitive prompts I was experiencing in this place that we were in. And they included eating a flower and putting sacred water from the well and from the stream on my solar plexus on a freezing cold day. And then trust falling onto the earth and rolling over and then just giving the energy of whatever that was that's living in my solar plexus, which was where I learned to feel where this energy manifested for me. Of, of tuning into that vibration and just sounding it into the earth. So that's what I did. And I just sounded it and sounded it and sounded it and sounded it until I was sobbing. And I did that process and I felt something leave my body. I felt an energy shift happen in my body. So now I want to share what happened after that. The urge to sneak eat, the urge for binging, the urge of like, oh, I'm eating this piece of bread at dinner. I should stash another one in my purse for later is gone. That was gone in Ireland. And uh, what happened is that since that process occurred and since I've been back is that I have come very much in touch with the eater, the voice of the eater inside of me. And I never heard the voice before because all I ever heard it say was eat and then autopilot. It was like a hypnotic autopilot command that I would fall under this spell, right? So now that I'm not eating, I'm with the voice. I'm with the voice of the eater. And for probably a good solid week when I was back from Ireland and my journey to France, this voice was very defeatist. She's very... Uh, her attitude and her energy are very much like, what's the point? Why bother trying? Why bother doing anything? Why bother? What's the point? What does it matter? These are the kinds of things that come out of her voice, out of, out of her mouth. And I'm like, wow, who is that? That's not me at all. And so I started dialoguing with this voice. Instead of letting it push me around in a new way, I started dialoguing with this voice and I asked her, who are you? And she answered me. And she's little girl me who doesn't like to be disappointed. And I quickly realized in that, in that energy of, I don't like to be disappointed. I'm afraid of being disappointed. That's like the big fear. So in this brilliant, creative way, this little girl in me created a way to manage disappointment and to have control over how I feel. So as an adult, this way to control the management of disappointment is to disappoint myself on a constant basis. Because 
If you're doing that, right, then I know what to expect. I know how to manage this chaos. This is my own internal chaos going on here that I'm creating so that I can manage disappointment by disappointing myself. If I disappoint myself, nobody else can disappoint me. So in the managing of this disappointment in a very messed up way, well, that's a judgment. Let's, let's take back the judgment. It's a very creative way of managing disappointment. And I quickly was able to see where it came from and why it came to be. And it was, like I said, I've had an eating disorder from the time I was around eight years old, third grade, third or fourth grade. And all I wanted when I was a little girl was a horse. It's all I wanted. I wanted a horse so badly. I mean, I can't even tell you how badly I wanted a horse. And everybody around us had horses. We had horse property. And so I was just obsessed with wanting a horse. And I came home from school one day and I saw a newspaper back in the, back in, back in the day, the newspaper was folded to the, um, advertisements and my mom had circled an ad about a horse and I got so excited. I started, I remember exactly what it said, how many hands high it was, what color it was, how much it was. I remember all of that so vividly because I was so excited and I started jumping up and down and screaming, we're getting a horse, we're getting a horse. Oh my God, we're getting a horse. And then my mom walked and grabbed the newspaper from me and said, well, now we're not because you're spying, you're being nosy or you're spying or you're poking your nose where it doesn't belong or whatever, whatever. We were never getting a horse. It was just her way of being hurtful and mean. And that was the moment I made an agreement with myself to never, ever be disappointed ever again by another person. And that manifested the voice of the eater. Because it was, I think, shortly after that, that I started sneaking cookies at night and eating bread when my mom wasn't looking. It was like this controlling way of taking control over my own life, control over my own self. And so this unhealthy coping mechanism carried with me my whole life. And I'm sharing this because if this helps somebody else get free, like it freed me, oh my gosh, I pray and hope that it does. I hope you're, you get free long before I did. I'm 52. That's a long time to try to get free from this. And I'm talking, this was very torturous to live with this. I remember being 16. I remember being 14 and saying, when I'm 16, I will, I won't eat anymore like this. And I will weigh what I want to weigh when I was 16, when I'm 18. And then when I was 18, when I'm 21, when I was 21, I survived a suicide attempt and then turned into the insane workout lady. So I was fit and trim and healthy, but I still had a really messed up relationship with food and was a binge eater. So it's always been there and it's always taken over and it has been like this energy that consumed my thoughts constantly. It was constantly what I was thinking about, obsessing about, it's very difficult to explain to somebody who hasn't experienced it, but it was like a false matrix reality I created for myself to give myself something else to think about, something else to obsess about, and, some, and a way to control and manage my disappointment. So all that to say that those are the three things that I did that set me free.
One was the embodiment practices through sound, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching sound. <laughs> sound healing is not just about laying there and experiencing a sound bath and having this meditative experience. Sound is a powerful tool to go inside and I, I picture it being like a jackhammer that goes into the unconscious body, which is the mind, and just jackhammering, stirring up all those old unconscious stored feelings, which are chemical reactions, which have a resonance and they're stored in your body. And it stores all those things up so that it all comes whooshing up to the surface. So when I started working with sound, and I'm giving this warning to you if you're doing this kind of work, and by the way, this is not medical advice and nor am I a therapist. So don't just do this and stop your therapy, stop your medication, all that kind of stuff. Work with your doctor, try these suggestions, see if they work for you as a holistic approach to healing your eating disorder. So the sound, what it does is that it will bring from the unconscious mind, which is the body, all things to the conscious so that you can see it, heal it, clear it, release it, free it, forgive it, accept it, let it go. So that means when you start doing this work, your life becomes a freaking shit show because all of the stuff that you haven't been dealing with comes up. This is what shadow work is, is that we are now sitting in this process of what's arising. Your patterns, they're arising. Everything that arises in your life is the perfect stepping stone for your soul's growth. It is the perfect next step. And it's just about the ability to look at it and see it clearly for what it is without judgment of it, but just to really see it and work with it one thing at a time. So as you're working with sound, that's what sound is doing. It's repatterning and reprogramming the body, the mind, the astral body, your energy body, your emotional body, all of you is being reprogrammed and reprinted with sound. Number two, gentle eating. Oh, wait, back to the sound. Uh, I can't sing with my mouth full. Every time you feel like binging, go sing for five minutes. And by sing, I simply mean, ah, toning. You don't have to sing if you don't want to sing, but if you want to sing, put on some music and sing, but it's really a better process to go inward and like consciously, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sound this out instead of stuffing it down. I'm going to sound it out. I'm going to sing it out. I'm going to sound it out. I'm going to tone it out. I'm going to let it out. Number two was gentle eating a fourth, a forkful chewing 20 to 30 times putting your fork down in between bites and really enjoying and savoring your food, really loving the process of eating and how wonderful it is to eat delicious food. And you find what's interesting is when I started doing that process, I discovered there were a lot of things that I was eating that I didn't like that didn't taste good when I started eating them really slowly and gently. It's like, it tastes like crap. It's garbage. And I find my body now wants fruits and vegetables and uh, healthier options, healthier foods. And I listen to my body. And then number three is giving it back to the earth. That was a really powerful one. 
And you don't have to go to Ireland to do it. But when you've been doing this work for a while and, and you can ask, ask our mother. She is alive. She is a conscious being. And our little tiny eating disorder in us is nothing for her to transmute. She has volcanoes and earthquakes and hurricanes and she makes plants grow and flower and she makes flowers bloom and blossom and she makes fruit grow from those things. So for us, for you to sound out that feeling and give it to the mother and ask her to help you alchemize it, to transmute it, she does and she can and she will. And there's no wrong way or right way to do it, but simply to ask when you can be alone somewhere by yourself for maybe an hour in nature. I was with other people and I did it anyway. But if you're out and you ask her, what would you like me to do to help me to release this, to heal this? Follow her instructions. Maybe it's take off your shoes and stand in the grass. Maybe it's go sit under that tree. Maybe it's go touch that rock. Maybe it's go put your feet in the river or the lake or the ocean. But in that process, I don't know if you guys can hear that fly. It's so big. In that process, at some point, lay down on the earth, on your belly, and put your hands like a cup over your mouth. I'm putting my hands around my mouth so that, so that one end is, around my, is on my face and the other end is on the earth. So you're making like a tunnel with your hands. And then just sound it out. So we've done the toning when we want to eat and we're not going to because we can't sing with our mouth full. In this process, this is really giving it to our mother and asking her to take it from our body. Take that energy out. Cut that cord. Cut that belief. Take it out. Remove it. Help me to heal it and restore to my divine perfection. Babies don't binge eat. Restored to your divine blueprint of your divine perfection. And you'll feel it. You'll feel it happen. You'll feel it leave your body. I did. So those are the ways that I freed myself from my binge eating disorder. And as of today, Friday, November 3rd, Hmm, how long has it been? It feels like an eternity since I got back from my journey because I was in a, a strange, funky time warp <laughs> after getting back from that. But today I'm looking at my calendar so I can give you an accurate how long it's been. And that's the thing. I'm not even keeping track. It's not like I've been like, it's been five days. No, it's been, hmm, let's see. Oh yeah, so today would be one, two, three, probably the fourth week. So about a month. Yeah, about a good solid month. Maybe even longer. Yeah, it's been a good month since I've had a binge or even wanted to. And that's the thing. It's not like I'm fighting it. It's just gone, which is a miracle. And miracles are ordinary, right? 
So now I'm managing the voice of the fear of disappointment, this little, this little one inside of me by choosing to not disappoint myself and asking her how she wants to have fun instead. What does she want? What is, what does she want? And believe you me, she wants a horse. So one of these days I'm going to be getting a horse. So I really wanted to share this with you because I know there's so many people out there who struggle with food and don't necessarily tell anybody. It's so shameful. It's so embarrassing because it seems on the surface that it should be so simple to not eat cake and eat carrots, right? No one binges on carrots, but it's not that simple when you're in the throes of it. And so I really just wanted to share this with you, this process, because it freed me. And I absolutely know that if it freed me, it could free someone else too, because I'm not unique. I'm unique and not unique. Experiences we share. So that's it for this podcast episode. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful humans. I'm in the process today of making some super beautiful sacred drumsticks from the sticks that I brought back from Ireland and France uh, to go with some drum commissions, some painted drum commissions that I have going on for some people. So yes, I do that too. And I wanted to tell you, I'm having a class on the solfeggio frequencies, a master class on the solfeggio frequencies. And I promise you're going to learn things you didn't know that you didn't know that you're going to want to know to help yourself and your clients. If you're a coach or another sound healer to help your clients heal and, and, uh, be healed by the solfeggio frequencies. And I'm also going to include in that six meditations that go with the solfeggio frequencies for you to be able to record over and use with your clients. And the other offering that I have now is I've been studying musical astrology for quite some time. And now I've got it down. I'm so excited to say that I can um, create your musical astrology for you. And I'm going to go get, all right, this is a sample of musical astrology that I just created for a client. And they're all different because I really look at the astrology chart before I um, create it. This is a sample of mine, so you can hear the difference. This is my personal astrology song I made. another one. I've made a few for some clients now and I just love making them and I'm just showing you or sounding you the differences so you know they're all just so unique and this is for another client. So 
it's a very beautiful process. If you're interested in that, you can go to vibology.com as always and book a recording there to have made for you or for someone you love. All right, my dears, I wish you a bright, beautiful, and blessed day wherever you are listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you listen to it and share it with your friends. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Talk to you soon. Bye.